0: Six, and i appreciate the testimonies we heard today it's not ex- just uh surprising to me that they fit so well into the theme of the message today and i hope and pray as uh brother bob was saying that you you understand that it's for good that god would convict us right challenge us sometimes uh, I remember Brother Narlock preaching to us years ago. We're talking about how he's praying that God would just slip a, a splinter into our hearts, make us feel a little uncomfortable. We've got to do something about it. Amen. I, I tell you what, if you are a child of God, and, you know, it, what an exciting thing it is to be born again. Amen. But recognize the language there, the analogy there. If you are born, and a year later you still look and behave like a newborn. Hello? Nothing's changed. Praise the Lord. We're, we're worried. Amen. Something's wrong. If you look a, 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 a month and, and, and that weight is not better and, and that, that uh, size is not better, they're going to start trying to figure out what we can do to change some things. Amen. People that come into a uh, house of God and get And Hey, we're excited about being born again, yeah, that's right. but, uh, we ought to be growing. Yeah. We ought to be growing. Things ought to be getting be better, different yeah. in a better way. Praise God. Praise God. All right, Matthew. I want to help, help the process by giving you the word of God. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for Lord, the hungry souls that are gathered here today, Lord, just not interested in a lot of what is going on in the world today of just, uh, just about feeling good and, but Lord, teach us. We want to be disciples, Lord. We want to learn. We want to grow. We want to be more like you than we were yesterday, God. Help us fill us with your spirit, your character and nature, your word, God. That is a, Lord, a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, God. And the Lord just bless everything that we say and do here in Jesus' name. And then everybody said amen. amen. Matthew 26, uh, verse 36. says, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful. And very heavy. Then say, if he unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. Stay awake for a while with me. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed. Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. God bless you. You can be seated. This is really... Uh, in some ways, the first steps toward Calvary. Yeah. That Jesus has talked to them about it. He has dealt with them about the, 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 the persecution, the, the suffering that he would uh, eventually have to face. And, and, and they couldn't understand it at that time. Remember, Peter himself says, not so, Lord. Right. Jesus responds with a rebuke recognizing that it was the devil that was trying to thwart the plan, the purpose of what was going to be happening, and and says, uh, get behind me, Satan. You savor, you desire the things of the flesh more than of the spirit. But as this begins to unfold, and we become closer and closer to that point of uh, of him dying for us, paying that price on the cross, We see him coming to the garden of Gethsemane. He recognizes his betrayal is at hand. He recognizes the the painful death, the lonely death is just around the corner. But not only that physical death, but he would be taking our sin. Upon himself. He who knew no sin. Would taste of sin. Would become sin the Bible says. That we could be his righteousness. What a great trade. Amen. We got the best end of that deal didn't we? He talks about this cup. That he would take. To drink within himself. Our guilt. Our shame. The disgust of every sinful act, deed, and word that mankind has ever committed. Don't point your finger at anybody else. He drank a cup that contained your sin. And as I think about how often the Old Testament uh, points to the New and how often we see Not only those types and shadows that Colossians talks about, but we recognize we have the fulfillment of that in Jesus. That I remember as I read these words of his prayer, I remember Moses coming down off the mountain with the law, the tablets of the commandments of God comes down. And what does he find? I've just spent 40 days in the presence of God, hearing from God and 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 receiving a law that he tells them later on in the book of Deuteronomy. When you live in this land and people see you, they're going to realize you're not too smart. You're not too strong. You got a lot of problems. But boy, that word that you follow, there's something about it. Amen. Amen. There's something about uh, your relationship with God and the truth that you hold on to. He's coming down from the mountain. And what does he find? He finds them dancing naked around a golden calf. Yeah. He sees them in their sin. You know what he does? you remember? He takes that golden calf. He casts down those, those tablets first in his anger. Yeah. Some things ought to make you angry. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Something be wrong if you weren't angry. When you love God, you love his truth so much. Yes, sir. But he took that golden calf. You never hear God saying, why in the world? What's wrong with you? Oh, no. This was righteous indignation. This was righteous anger. Right. Takes that golden calf. He grinds it up into a powder. Puts it into cups and says, you drink that thing. Yeah. That's your sin. You drink that. Oh, it's disgusting. How horrible. Why don't make me do this? Drink it down. But Hebrews talks about one greater than Moses that came and took my sin and pulverized it and put it in a cup and didn't tell me to drink it. Uh But he drank it for me. He took my sin into himself. The cup that I should have drank. God never said, Moses, what's wrong with you? No, that was the, the, the consequences of their own actions. That was the rightful. Hey, hey, just, just realize how ridiculous, how foolish, how awful you've done your idolatry. But Jesus comes and takes my sin and says, I'll drink that cup that you should be drinking. Thank you, Lord. God is so good. We're not afraid to talk about the cross. I know in a modern day, we're trying to become so... So accessible and relatable to the to to the those that uh, are, are in the community. And hey, we need to I'll tell you what will make us relatable. Love people right. have compassion, right. care about people. Amen. Amen. Show them that that they they're worth the blood of Jesus, no matter what what they're involved in, no matter what their what their error or their sin might be. Hey, if we, if we come from a sinful uh, life without Jesus, we'd be just the same. Amen. But we've tried to sanitize the gospel and take the cross out. Years ago, there's a, a lot of stirring in the Christian community because, you know, we're not going to sing about the blood of Jesus. We're going to take, well, are you washed in the blood and nothing but the blood out of our songbooks and out of our sermons because, you know, people just don't understand. Teach them the, the gospel. That is his death, his burial, His resurrection not afraid of uh, of talking about the cross and what a blessed time it is when we gather together and, and take communion and understand that, that that death was for us. And recognizing because, see, I I, I kind of feel like maybe in this Bible that those that were in that generation, crucifixion was not something that they've never seen before. It's not something that they weren't familiar with. So When you read something in just a few words there, they crucified him and they just go on. But when you start to recognize what a horrible price Jesus paid for us, what a what a brutal and 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 cruel way to to uh, to suffer and die. And he chose to do that for us. The Bible tells us even amongst the Jews, the Old Testament talks about cursed be a man that hangs on a tree. And here they took the wood of the cross and hung the Savior there that he would be made a curse for us. And that he took all the the wrath and the anger, the punishment that we deserve and took it upon himself in that horrible, horrible account of Calvary. Just about everyone, I would think. I know nowadays it's, uh, you know, I think times are changing and there are people that, uh, as it's already been testified, look at America and just a culture that we're in and and they're they're referring to something that that uh, people have seen coming and predicted coming. They're calling uh, the days that we're living in post-Christian America. We used to have values. We used to. Uh, rev, rev, revere and reverence the the scripture and and the commandments of God. It, it was not uncommon that that most people have at least some kind of experience in a Sunday school of some way, some kind of respect for the the things of God, respect. But now with the music industry and the the Hollywood, just just the irreverence and the sacrilege of uh, of, of of just not almost doesn't even have any shock value anymore for someone to come out. And, and and act the fool with a crown of thorns on, or crosses all across their 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 uh, stage while they perform lewd and, and and horrible acts. Amen. We're living in a day where children are kind of jaded to and things like that. Oh, that's that's something that they've been doing for years. That's no big deal. But but the holiness and the fear of God is something that that is desperately lacking in uh, in in the country that we're praying for. Amen. Just about everyone, I would say, if I can uh, say most people that come to church, most people that uh, will walk into a church, are familiar somewhat with the cross, familiar somewhat with with for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. They, they know somehow that Jesus died on that cross, the specifics of the gospel maybe they, they need taught. But a lot of people know about the cross. And, and like I said before, we're sure not afraid or, or, or ever hesitant to tell people how Jesus died, that we might be saved. But I want to talk to you a little while about another cross. I want to talk to you about another cross that very few people that I have met that have been in church all their lives have considered themselves Christians for, for the greater portion of their life. There's a cross that the Bible teaches that very few I find have ever heard of, know anything about. You might be sitting there and saying, well, wait a minute, ah. Uh, There's a thief on the cross, but I feel like a a lot of people know about that thief. What a great uh, uh, story that is about a man, an account of a man that in his final hours reaches out to Jesus. I hear a lot about the thief on the cross. That's not the cross I'm talking about. What about that other thief that just even in his final hours, his heart was so hard that he could just just reject Jesus? No, not that cross. There's another cross the Bible talks about that I think. We need to be familiar with, because Jesus tells us in the book of Luke. I want to turn to this account. There's one word here that the others don't use, but it's in Matthew and Mark as well. Luke 9. Luke 9, verse 23. Aren't you thankful for what the Lord has done? It's why we praise him. It's why we don't go through the motions of a church service just so cold and so calculated. That's why every amen and, and praise God isn't already in the notes. Amen. We just love God so much for what he's done. Yeah. Jesus tells us in Luke 9, he said unto them, if any man will come after me, you're going to be a follower of Jesus. You're going to call yourself a Christian. All right. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. And take up his cross and follow me. I understand we're living in a day. And many times I've seen this error where people almost overcompensate. What do I mean by that? There is an error in the land amongst some denominations that that have a works based kind of salvation that have a kind of legalistic understanding of what it means to be a Christian. And so often that we need to let people know that this is by grace through faith. Amen. Amen. That this is the work of God in us and there's nothing we can add to it. But so much of the word of God tells us that once we're in this, once we're followers of him, our life is not our own. And we still make decisions to follow him. And it is a cross we must bear. Jesus said, take up your cross every day and follow him. Can I get back to our understanding of just where this nation has failed us? And, and I'm not here to really preach about the family, but I see this problem in just in the fabric of our culture. And it starts in the home and it has bled over into the church and into how, uh, ministry and, and pastors, uh, uh, lead the, their, their congregation. See, um, things have changed. Amen. And, and, and not for the better in so many ways. See, we're having a, a in our day, you can see very much a, a generation where families are disintegrating. They're falling apart. Amen. The understanding of uh, of order and 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 structure has been so much attacked. We are, had Father's Day here recently, and I thought uh, it would be so easy for me to start off and say the 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 role of a man and and the identity of a man has been so attacked. But but I can't say it's been attacked any more or less than the women too. Every bit of who God made us to be and, and, and how God wants us to thrive in his kingdom yes. is under attack. Yes, it's being pulled apart. Yes. And you can see the effects so, so obviously. Yes. One thing that God told us in his pronouncement of judgment as people would get farther away from God, he talked about how children would rule their parents yeah. and not parents being leaders and discipling them and disciplining them, showing them the ways of God. Right. Amen. Yes, they, they the, the idea of discipling, disciplining training, as the Bible says yes, is, has kind of been thrown off onto the government, yes. thrown off to the television and the iPad yes. and not taken seriously that God says, I want you. To train up your children in the way they should go. And then when they're old, they shall not depart from it. Amen. We have so often, and I know that we could have said this years and years ago, but as you see things not escalate, but just go degrade. You see this nation, you see the families that, that do not discipline, do not train their children, do not take the time to show them that there will be consequences for their actions. To take the time out of their busy schedules. To take the time out of what they want. See, it's very selfish. Very selfish not to train. Not to say no. Because no is better. It's so much easier to just say, okay, okay, okay. Because you don't want to be the bad guy. You don't want to look like the villain. But to love is to to say no. Amen. To love is to 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 lead and say, here's why. No means no. Yes. Amen. Amen. And no matter how much of a tantrum is thrown, yeah. you're not going to learn that manipulating me. Right. I, we uh, told to tell a story sometimes. And we uh, were picking people up for church years ago. And a uh, woman had her, her grandchildren in the car. And the one grandson was there and asked for something. And she said no. And that child began. I forget how old the boy was. Very young began to make the ride miserable for all of us. And no was repeated, and no was repeated, and the child just escalated. And it didn't take me long to realize he's been taught well. All right. He's been taught very well. He knows something that I didn't know. All right. I recognized that in the first five minutes. I wish the ride was only five minutes. <laughs> But after five minutes, I realized he's been taught that no doesn't mean no. Right. And if I make you miserable enough, All right. I'm going to get my yes. Yeah. Right. And that's exactly what happened. All right. Didn't take long. Well, it took longer than I really wanted to bear. <laughs> Seemed like eternity. But see, what that is, is selfishness. Yes, sir. Right. I, I want I I'd rather spoil you. Isn't that a great word? Oh, I just spoil them. How about we try that for lunch? Everybody want to get together? I got something that's spoiled. Right. I want to. I want to feed you. It's uh right. ah. You know they're just spoiled. How sad of a joke that is. Yeah. When you're supposed to try to bring out the best in them. Yes, right. amen. 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 Children need to learn how to grow up. And what we see in this land is parents. And grandparents and those who are elderly being discarded and thrown out. That's yeah. why these nursing home ministries really mean something, right. because these are very lonely, hurting people most of the time right. that have been. Some of them have been just thrown aside and discarded. Right. Yes, Absolutely. So any kind of kindness is just like gold to them, yeah. because what should happen that as children grow up is now. I I'll just speak for myself. You know I know what it's like to to take. Now I should be a giver. All right. I know what it's like to be a burden. Now I should be a blessing. Yeah, right. I shouldn't grow up and be more of a burden. I should grow up and now give yeah. rather than take. Right. Amen. 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 I don't have the closest relationship that I'd like to have with my, with my parents, but I work on that. And we're the, even this week I've set up some I want to be a giving. I want to try to, to, to give back something that I can never repay. It's, it's, that's what the Bible talks about, honoring. You know, a lot of people, and I didn't mean to get here, but we're heading for something, okay? Right. Yeah. Like Paul said in, uh, in uh, what was it, the book of Galatians? or No, no, Ephesians, the fifth chapter. I'm not talking about the family. I'm talking about the bride and Christ. Right. But there is a need that uh, the Bible talks about honoring your mother and father. That doesn't just mean, hey, I think you're awesome. That's All right. that's supporting them. All right. yeah. That's blessing them. Yeah. That word honor means a whole lot more than sending a card on Mother's Day. It does. It means making sure their needs are met as they get older. And now you have the strength and the ability to be a blessing. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what the Bible teaches. But can I tell you that that same kind of dissolving of our roles and our love and our care for one another in the home has bled over it from the culture into the church where now people come to church and expect a preacher right. to, to be a people pleaser. All right. Expect a preacher to to produce spoiled, rotten church members. Right. And uh, if uh, if I throw a tantrum, uh, hey, thank God for great questions and challenging nobody here. I'm not pointing at you and saying, wow, you know, you better, you better back off, man. No way. Uh, we've got good people that are hungry and want to know what we believe, why we believe the right way. Amen. I appreciate that. God bless you for it. Please don't hear something I'm not saying, but you know what? We're not going to produce spoiled, rotten folks right. where we're afraid to preach about the cross, afraid to preach about righteousness, afraid to preach about what the word of God teaches us. And too often we come to the house of God and say, you know what? Thank God for the Jesus cross. Well, how's, How about that cross you're carrying? Yeah. Right. That cross of self-denial. That cross that says, "Not my will, right. but thine be done. Yes, See, again, let me say a lot of times, if we've not been taught self-discipline, yeah. we got to come to church and learn it. Amen. Like Paul did. I got to bring my body into subjection, yeah. lest I preach to others and I myself become a castaway. Right. Yeah. I got to sometimes be able to say no to myself. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I've got to sometimes realize, hey, God, I know this is what I want. This is what I've got to have. And I could throw a tantrum right now. But, Lord, I need to pray Amen. and ask God to help me to, to go his way and not my way. My cross. Yes, sir. You know, there have been times in my life to be very, very transparent with you. When you recognize the cross you bear. There's going to be times in your life you're going to have to have a Gethsemane experience. All right. Times I've said, God, I, if there's any way I can do my way, right. if there's any way at all, but no, God, I don't want to get up from my knees until I say not my will, all right. but thine be done. Right. It's not always easy to pray. Right. It's not always easy to, to go God's way against the crowd. Amen. Yes, it's not always easy to be strong when you're being persecuted and people are criticizing you. Yes, you can see it from from the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts on. It just seems like more and more and more. You you, you see the Holy Ghost being poured out, they're being mocked immediately. Yes, they go on to the next chapter. People are threatening them. Don't you preach in that name anymore. Right. You go on to another chapter, they're beating them, they're whipping them in the, in, the, uh, in the town square because of preaching in that name. It's never once been something that everybody's just been excited about. But Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. So many times you got to make decisions that are difficult decisions. It's a cross. But Jesus gives the answer. Jesus is the it gives us the 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 answer that makes the difference between following Him or falling away. Matthew twenty six again, but drop down to verse forty one. Matthew twenty six verse forty one. Watch and pray. That that we mentioned it earlier, that idea of watching, right. it, it really means stay alert. Yeah. Stay awake when that drowsiness gets on you. Right. I mean, isn't that even just kind of an example of how our own flesh works against us? Yeah, right. <laughs> I really need to pray, oh, maybe after I snooze a little bit. <laughs> what comes first, right? You're going to have to fight against sometimes what's the natural drives of your flesh, Watch and pray. Stay alert, stay awake. They called the the times that the guards would stay up for their their their, time, their watch. Yeah. They would be they would go through the night and have from the nine o'clock to the twelve o'clock midnight shift, the twelve o'clock to the three AM shift and, and that was their watch. Yeah. Praise the Lord. God help us. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Listen. The spirit indeed is willing. But the flesh is weak. quicker you recognize that, the better off you'll be. It's not enough. It's not enough to say, I want so. I've got great intentions. I know what I want. Wanting it and doing it are two totally different things. Knowing the truth And following through and saying, okay, God, I'm going to pray, and you're going to strengthen me. See, that's what prayer does. That's why we have to pray. Because prayer not only gives us the direction, but prayer will empower us to obey it. Without that prayer, I can want it. It's like Peter. How many of us have been like Peter at one time? Standing up and hearing Jesus say, they're, you're gonna, you're to turn your back. You're gonna go the other way. You're gonna deny you even know me. Not so, Lord. No way. I'll die for you. I'll never give up. All right. You hear people say, "Oh, you know, we're living in these last days." Oh, there's the, the Bible talks about persecution, talks about martyrdom, talks about the mark of the beast, and all these things. Ah, never. Okay, Peter, how much you praying? All right. 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 Come oh, come on! I would never. Peter said, walking with Jesus for three and a half years, I will never deny that I know you, right. but he slept through prayer meeting, That's right. 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 right? What he needed was to get the power from God to be able to follow through with what he knew he could never do. All right. You'll end up doing what you right. say. I'd never do that All right. yes, sir. without a prayer life that touches God and brings that power down into you. Amen. Amen. These little wimpy prayers that just, uh, just kind of on the surface, very shallow. God just, just bless me and grandmom and, you know, it'll be alright. Oh, I pray, I really pray and I'm praying. You know, you're gonna, sometimes you have to get on your knees and really, uh, if you're able to or to get somewhere with God and really mean business. Because that kind of prayer is going to empower you. Look at what Jesus got there in an agony. He prayed as the sweat rolled down his face like drops of blood, it says. There was a, there was a serious time that recognized, I'm going to fail if I don't have get God's power inside of me. If I don't get his enabling power in me, I won't, I won't make it across the finish line. Learning to be able to say no to your flesh. A lot of folks, I'm telling you, we talk about spiritual warfare. We talk about how the enemy fights us. Believe in it. We'll preach about it. Teach about it. I'm not saying anything about that at all. But but there's a lot of times people are so hyped up on just pushing the devil around. And What about self-discipline? What about being able to fight that flesh? What about being able to say no amen. to to your will? All right. Amen. Yes, it's, uh, you know, the devil can, can be pretty content. Yeah, push me around all you want, but you're doing a pretty good job of my job all right. by yourself. Yes, amen? Right. amen. Because this flesh that yes. fights against the will of God, that's what the Bible talks about. You read in Romans 8, amen, about the, the carnal mind. Yes, amen. amen. That's not subject to the laws of God, that mind of yours that tells you things you don't want to hear, brings those thoughts in your mind, and, and you have to say, "Nope, not going I'm casting that imagination down. Amen. Amen. Foolish thoughts that intrude into your your mind throughout the day. You, you've set out to do right, and all of a sudden that, that those thoughts that of that, uh, just something just crazy come into your mind, and you got to say, no, that's not. Uh, I'm doing God's will. Okay. You cast that down. I've t- said it so many times. That's going to happen. Right. Don't linger on that. Don't, right. don't overanalyze things you know it's not the will of God, trying to fight against you, trying to wear you down. Yeah. Right. If you can't do that, you stop and you pray. Right. Get a hold of God. Amen. God, help me to that these thoughts that are trying to take me away from what I know is best. I know it's your will. I need that. Yes, sir. I need that in church. I need that at home. Amen. Amen. There's times where it's not about what I want. Right. It's not about my best. It's not what's easiest for me. Right. It's what's best for God's will in my household. Amen. Right. It's what's best for us yeah. in God's plan. Right. Not what I like. Yeah. Amen. Don't be a bully. Right. Don't be uh, the, the person, the man, if I can talk to the men for the while, says, I'm the leader, I'm the head. And I need, hey, you lead with what's, well, this is what God wants. Right. It's not easy, but this is what we need to do to move forward in God's plan. Yeah. Not just because I want it, right. but, but because it's going to bless and it's going to strengthen. And it's going to lead us in a better place. Yeah. It's not always the easiest. Right. That's true leadership true leadership with all of us to be able to be a parent that says, I know this isn't easiest, but it's what's best. I know I can give up and just just uh, uh, take the easy route. But where are we going to end up next year? Where are we going to be when, when this just doesn't get better on its own? Look what it says in Galatians really talks about our cross again. Galatians five. You know, sometimes as you turn to Galatians 5, when I'm preaching about having victory over our will that's contrary to God's will. Yeah, yeah you know, it's not always just the most exciting and enthusiastic uh, atmosphere. But we always have a great move of God afterwards. All right. Because, you know, it's what it takes. Yeah. It's what it takes. Yes, sir. Galatians 5 verse 24. says, and they that are Christ, do you belong to him? You crucify the flesh. How do you do that? You take up your cross, deny yourself daily with the affections and lusts. That's what I want. Tells us, I believe it's in the book of Colossians, to, to, that we ought to set our affections on things that are above. Where where is your where is your heart on on being more of what God wants you to be On being growing in God and 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 laying down all the weights and all the things that have held you back for too long? Set your affections on the God's plan for your life and crucify your own affections. I talked earlier about being transparent. That's that I I can go back and look at times in my life where I've got to take my affections what I want and nail it to the cross. And, and if you're doing it and doing it right, it's not, it's one of the hardest things you have to do. Amen. Amen. To say, I want this more than anything, but I know, I know I want Jesus more than that. Right. And to do that, I've got to take up my cross and follow him. You know, that cross we told you earlier, that's a, that was not only a, a, a an execution method, but it was a shame. It was a curse. Curse is a man that hangs on a tree. That's a shame to the whole, all the people that are looking your way. You're carrying that instrument of, of shame, of reproach and saying, you know what, I'm just going to keep following Jesus. I can't let anything, can't let anything get in my way. The cross that most people sadly have never heard about, And many just don't even want to see in the Bible is their own cross that they have to take up and follow Jesus with. Can we bow our heads in prayer? Sister Katie, if you come and. As we bow our heads and I. I wonder if we could just let God. Talk to us and apply it to our own lives. But let me tell you something exciting about the cross. You say, how can there be anything exciting about a crucifixion? How can there be anything exciting about self-denial? I'll tell you what is on the heels of crucifixion. It's resurrection. That's why I said some time services like this. You feel a little battle. You feel a little resistance. You feel like the enemy doesn't like it at all. But oh, there's power that comes with this. Because in three days and three nights, there was an opening of the tomb. There was a result of crucifixion. That was life. If you want the life that God has promised you, if you want the power that God has promised you, it's not going to happen when we follow our will and our, our ways, but it's going to be when we take up a cross, our cross, and follow Him. That's what Jesus said. It's not my words. The words of Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's find a place to pray. God, I surrender all. I surrender all to You, God. God. There's a greater event in your life coming. But it happens when we take our life. Surrender it to God. Surrender it to God. If you want to see growth in your life, if you want to see God, Begin to open doors for you and blessing you. This is how you grow. This is how you progress in God. You daily follow Jesus by surrendering your will, taking up your cross and following Him. God's talking to you. I believe God's working on you. Come on, open up your heart and say yes to Him. Say yes to His will. Living our lives after thy will. Even as a Christian, but needing so much to learn how to take up our cross and follow him. Appreciate testimonies today and just say, Here I am, Lord. I want I want you to talk to me. I want you to, Lord, perfect me. Take away, Lord, and that old and help me to grow in you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We need sometimes a, a moment in Gethsemane, don't we? We need a time where we can just humble ourselves before God and say, here's my struggle, God. I want to do right. My flesh is willing. My spirit is weak. My flesh is willing. Jesus recognized it in the disciples that were saying, No, we're going to go with you all the way to the cross. You know what you want to do, but you don't have the strength to do it. Pray. Pray until that strength comes, and then God will give you the power the power of resurrection, the power to be everything that witness he's called you to be. Oh, thank you for it, Lord. Thank you so much. Let's all stand. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the cross that you bore for us, God. The cup that you drank for us, God. Lord, just help us, I pray, to, Lord, to follow you every step of the way, Lord. We need your help. We need your power. We need your strength, God, to continue. Lord, I thank you that it's available. Lord, bless each one here today, God, I pray. Go with us, guide us today in your best will. And Lord, bless the service this afternoon at the Margaret Mal home and in the evening here tonight, God. Oh, have your own way. We love you so much. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Amen, amen. Give God the glory. Hallelujah, Lord, you're so good. Give him the praise. Clap your hands unto him. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. God bless you.